the word invention brings to mind a flash of inspiration where something new appears. Reality is more mundane, uh, what some call a deliberate development, to find an answer to a problem that others call an invention. Take the external condenser of James Watt to solve the cooling of the cylinder of the new common engine. The final result of a period of experimentation was a vessel to condense the steam external to the cylinder. It brought about a significant increase in efficiency and he went on to patent the condenser in order to have sole use of the development effort, the invention, and to avoid others making use of it for the duration of the patent. He did patent the sun and planet gearing, but not the parallel motion of the piston rod. An interesting aside was the reason for the sun and planet gearing, which is far more expensive to make. The most obvious solution would have been a crank on the axle of the flywheel, and he intended to do that. However, a chap called James Pritchard had become aware of this and ran off to the patent office and managed to get a patent awarded for the use of the crank. Now, James Watt is purportedly to have said, I'm not going to pay that, and you can fill in your own words, a license fee. Instead, he designed the planetary gearing that is still widely used today. Now, Pritchard should never have been awarded the patent, as from Roman times, the crank had been used to convert reciprocating motion to rotary motion. And this is known as prior art. Some skullduggery must have been involved. At this point, James Beck sat back and devoted all his efforts to fiercely protect his intellectual property, to maximize the monetary return of his patent. When the patent expired around 1800, many others had gone on to develop steam engines well beyond his designs. Today, some inventors still sit back after the first patent and hope that the money will roll in. Organizations with a patent strategy will start working on the next generation of designs or do further development even before the product first hits the market. As a rule of thumb, only 1-2% to of all the patents make it to market. Very few new inventions or development are truly new to the world. The truly groundbreaking ones are often where the solution is found for which there is no problem identified. In that case, there is often no ready-made market with a sales force to slot the product into. Such new-to-the-world products can take 20 to 40 years before they become to their full fruition. Motorcars took well over 40 years before they were widely available. The same with aeroplanes. From the development of the semiconductor diode and transistor in 1948, it took well to the 1990s and later to achieve their enormous potential, well beyond the 16 years length of a patent. Some inventors are obsessive about their invention, and James Watt was one of those. Another was Thomas Edison. He had a whole team of people working for him, and they would all have contributed in one way or another to the final result. 
but all the patents were, rightly or wrongly, in Edison's name. Uh, the same applies to Bradfield of the Harbour Bridge, though he did not claim any novelty in the design. Like Edison, he claimed all recognition for the bridge. All the drawings had only his signature on it, nobody else. But that did put the nose out of joint of the detailed designer of the Harbour Bridge, Ralph Freeman. Any inventor needs to keep in mind that the value of the patent is defined by their willingness to defend it in court. Success with the new invention often offers up more than just the aspect of the invention. Many attribute the steam engine to James Watt, but that belongs to Newcomb, who is barely recognised. The light bulb invention is described as one of Edison's, but others like Swan had started to work on it well before him. Edison's contribution was only the filament. To get a patent, you must divulge all the information for somebody else to make it. You have to divulge the secret. And there are situations where you may not want to do that. An alternative is to keep it as a manufacturing secret or trade secret. But then you must have watertight confidentiality agreement with all the personnel involved and the willingness and funds to defend those as a warning to rivals that they will suffer if they steal any of the staff with the know-how. Another approach was taken by Lawrence Hargrave and others, and that is that science belongs to everyone. He made his findings on the wing of his kites freely available. The Wright brothers benefited from this and incorporated some of his principles within their patent for their own benefit. Hargrave's attitude may have been helped by being financially independent.